is COVID-19 Seattle. I'm Aaron Granillo. And I'm Mike Lewis filling in for Dave Ross. Well, it is almost 2021. So this week, we thought we'd take a look back at almost a year of the pandemic. So Aaron, for many months, you and Dave have put out a new episode every single day to try and keep people informed about the changing restrictions, which also means we can comb back through those episodes day by day and track some of the biggest milestones and the time when we thought this would all be over in just two weeks. Yeah, Mike, it's going to be it's going to be tough, I think, to relive some of these moments because they were they were difficult. And I want to take you way back to March 23rd, about a month after the first deadly outbreak at the Life Care Center of Kirkland with cases of COVID-19 on the rise here. Governor Inslee made that announcement that we'd all been anticipating. I am issuing a stay home order to fight this virus. This is Washington's stay home stay healthy order. This includes a ban on all gatherings and closures of many businesses, unless those businesses are essential to the healthy functioning of our community or are able to let employees work remotely from home. You might recall the governor issued that order after this just beautiful sunny weekend. People were hiking. There were all these viral photos of people just congregating no on, top of, right, yeah. exactly, on top of mountains. And right. you know, at the time, we knew so little about the virus. We thought being outdoors could be dangerous. Now we know it's actually pretty safe. So in retrospect, I, I think you know the, the decision to close down at the time might not have been a bad one, but the reasoning behind it, who really knows? Was it okay to shut down Probably, but you right. know the decision for being outdoors or not was up, up in the air at the time. Um, but a lot of other states were following suits. Uh, you know, PPE was running low. There were fears of hospitals overloading. And I want to play you this clip from our podcast right on that day, March 23rd. This is uh, Dave Ross reflecting on that moment. Washington State had such a high profile in the emergence of this virus that we instituted measures about two weeks before everybody else. And uh, if this plays out the way everybody is crossing their fingers, it will. At some point, we get to the maximum number of cases and then it begins to taper off. But there is I mean, I think experts are probably having intense discussions on this uh, because it was clear today from the president's own remarks that he is hoping to see some loosening up in maybe a few weeks Um and I know that there are health professionals who say that's crazy. It's going to take a, uh, a few months. And just to clarify, the governor's order here does run for two weeks at least. Right. Minimum of two weeks. And I guess we'll have to find out if that's long enough. Oh, we found out, didn't we, Mike? Two weeks. That was March 23rd. I mean, did you ever think that we'd still we'd still be here? Stay home, stay healthy in effect. The, the funny thing is about this. I mean, while people like to point out the mistakes about the the necessity of masks or social mm-hmm. distancing something proved to be really important to other things less so like cleaning surfaces mm-hmm. for example the predictions on the infection rate have been nearly spot on if yeah. you actually paid attention to those and not what politicians were saying those have not been terribly inaccurate in fact they've been they've been it, worse they've actually. been they've been worse but we were on track like when in october they were tracking pretty good and then we had yeah. this recent surge and they've gone completely kablooey, but I have to say that I was kind of impressed with whatever modeling they were doing regarding the infection spread because it wasn't that far off base. Yeah, right. And, you know, of course, all along, the goal with the shutdown was to not overwhelm the healthcare system. And here it's actually, it has been okay. We've never run out of ICU beds. Some hospital systems did get close. 
And at the time of this closure, I spoke with Dr. Stephen Anderson. So this is this is back in March, and he is a veteran ER doctor at Auburn MultiCare. So anxiety, I'd say, is probably the top word that I would use at this point. Uh, we were clearly, nationally, we were caught unprepared for this pandemic, and we're, we're still ramping up, kind of trying to play catch-up. But uh, one thing that we are doing now in Seattle, and i got to give this community amazing credit, is we are really trying to take this seriously. But um, it's sort of a frightening thing, as I've said to people before. We've had, you know, I've practiced long enough to see the onset of uh, HIV. I've trained for Ebola. I've seen a lot of different infectious diseases. But this one is much more frightening on the front lines because it's just, starts with a cough and a low-grade fever. And how many of us haven't had a cough in the last three months? I, I thought about that. You know, he says, exactly. how many of us haven't had a cough in the last three months? So this is between January and March that he's referring to. How many of those coughs were actually COVID and nobody knew it? Well, and on top of that, though, the way what would happen to you if you were in a public place and you got a cough? Mm-hmm. It's like you wanted to hide in your car or something like yeah. that because suddenly you became this pariah when it could just be, like he said, an ordinary cough that you may have may have always may have had at any time, any year. Yeah. Overseas at the time, if you recall, places like Europe, their hospital systems were in crisis mode. They were literally deciding whose life is worth saving. And I, at the time, I spoke with a student in Italy who was in the hearts of the country's outbreak at the time. Right now, you don't really understand. It's like war, I swear. It's like war. It's like, uh, it's crazy. It's crazy. So do not underestimate this thing. And it's reality. It's not an exaggeration. And we're not overreacting. I want to explain a little bit why I chose that clip, because what happens overseas is so oftentimes a precursor to what happens here. Right. That was late March that I was speaking with that student. A couple of weeks later, that's when you started to see what's happening in New York. You recall New York was just the epicenter of it all. Yeah, exactly. It removed all of the attention being paid in Washington state, mm-hmm. immediately shifted to New York. And that's where you started getting the photos of of people in stretchers and in gurneys lined up outside of hotel rooms because there was no place to put anyone. Yeah, and morgues inside of freezer trucks. Right. Crazy. Parked outside hospitals. And. You know, I don't I don't want to speculate here, but we're seeing what's happening in Britain right now with the new variant that's spreading. That country just put 20 more million people under the tightest restrictions that they've seen since the start of the pandemic. That new variant is now here in the United States, California and Colorado, likely elsewhere. It just hasn't been found yet. We'll see if tighter restrictions come down in the next couple of weeks here. We don't we don't know yet. Um one of the most difficult aspects of the pandemic, I think we have to talk about, though, um, distance learning. And let's be honest here, Mike. I mean, it, it has not worked well. Kids are disengaged. The ones who were already struggling have fallen even more behind. And this all started, of course, back in March, too, when schools statewide shut down. And at that time, I actually caught up with some parents in Seattle's Rainier Beach neighborhood. Their names are Louie and May Presuth. They have three young boys and I met them in their backyard as they were trying to get their kids back to schoolwork. No, 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 look at me. Why are you asking, Baba? Remember, Mommy's a teacher now. Look at me. This is day four of homeschool. Seriously, guys, we, we've already talked about this. This is a... Listen, you're not listening. This is a very, like, unique time. Okay, things are changing right now, so we just need you guys to help us out, okay? 
May is Chinese-American, her husband Louis is Lao-American. And because the coronavirus outbreak started in Asia, the Preysuths say people have been looking at them differently these days. Something happened to our oldest already at his school, and everybody was telling him, oh, you're Chinese, so you have corona already. I was at a party, and this gentleman was shaking everybody's hand, hugging everybody. This was about two and a half weeks ago before everyone went hygiene crazy. And when it came to me... He just put his hands up. Was like, well, you just never know. Man, that uh, I, I recall that soundbite so so vividly. That moment because it was day four of homeschooling. Yeah, and these and these parents were just struggling. And how many parents out there have had similar moments? I would venture to say probably all of all them. of them. I would <laughs> yeah. say, yeah, absolutely. And, and and for those parents that also had, I had a couple of friends who had parent one kid in private school and one kid in public school. And they saw the difference between the two. Mm. Now, obviously, private school is not available to everyone, you know, but but the difference in the remote learning between the two was also striking. Yeah. This was what Superintendent Chris Rakedahl was saying at the time when schools first shut down. This is not a full-blown teaching model we're moving to online. Again, the best universities in the world don't even do this. But we've got to create more opportunity for learning in case this goes longer. Um, and then as a whole nation, of course, we're in this. And so everyone has this like, oh, my God, my kid's losing ground. Fifty million American children are not in school. Hundreds of millions of kids around the world are not in school. So we're not losing ground to the world right now, but we have an opportunity to at least hold where we are and maybe create some additional learning opportunities for kids as this continues. I think Rakedahl has probably changed his tune a little bit since then. He's even so. admitted that his his kids are struggling with, right. with distance learning. Yeah, I think, and I think we're going to see also some of the studies would indicate that the schools are not the most unsafe places, you know, that that maybe we can flex a little bit more on that than we had been in the past. Yeah. And lastly, let's just talk about the economic toll um, that the pandemic has had, because tens of millions of Americans still without work. Our state employment security department, in an effort to get people money out as quickly as possible, you probably remember this one became vulnerable to a massive hack. We are working in close partnership with federal law enforcement. It is an active criminal investigation, and they are working very hard to track down the criminals as well as the money and get that money back. And that is ESD Director Susie Levine talking about that hack out of Nigeria. Nearly 90,000 fraudulent claims filed here. $650 million stolen so far, about half has been recovered. Yeah, a little more than half has been recovered, which still is the $240 million floating around out there that the state will never see again, in addition to the difficulty in people actually getting legitimate claims through. You know more about this than I think most, Mike, because you are a, a business oh, yeah. owner. Yeah, this has, been, this has been so spectacularly frustrating. It's hard to actually quantify it using uh, language that you could use on air. It has been so galling that that this happened and then uh, that the state seemed to be so slow in actually getting it solved. Well, Mike, the vaccines are here. We're hoping to have a much better 2021 and hopefully the podcast will have much better news in the coming year. Exactly. And I I will be the last person to say it can't get any worse because every time I've said that, it actually has. Tune in next Thursday as we discuss more of the latest coronavirus news. You can subscribe to this podcast and also find our news coverage on MyNorthwest.com or listen live at 97.3 FM.